You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the All Access Legends podcast. Our next guest is a five-time NBA All-Star, a member of the 1983 All-NBA First Team. Uh, he's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year and is number four, permanently hangs in the rafters at the Bradley Center. Sidney Moncrief, welcome to the All-Access Legends podcast brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. How are you? Brad, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Phenomenal. So I want to start off, uh, you're really known for your career uh, kind of throughout as being very versatile and, and really particularly on the defensive end. So I want to start there and kind of your days at Arkansas. So what was it like to achieve so much success at Arkansas? And what did it feel like to really resurrect that program? I enjoyed when I was doing so much that I didn't really look up on it as achieving success. I told someone last night over dinner, they asked me a similar question. I said, we were just balling. We were just playing basketball. It's kind of like you're in the, on the playground or, or in the gymnasium. You're just playing. You're not really thinking about accolades or if you're changing the world or if, if you're making an impact. You just know that you're just out there doing the best you could and having fun and winning basketball games. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and you know, kind of going along with the co- your college days, what qualities did you learn in college that you kind of took with you through your journey into the NBA? Coach Eddie Sutton was very instrumental in my career, but also my coach, Johnny Greenwood, my junior high school coach. I'm going to go a little bit further back. I wasn't much of a basketball player in the ninth grade year. I remember him looking at me, a skinny kid, not very, very weak, and he put a weight jacket on me. He had me practice in the weight jacket, run in the weight jacket. I thought that was the most idiotic thing a person could do. But it helped me to develop some toughness about what I did and speed. I guess some of my jumping ability came from there. So I had a great junior high school coach and then high school coach, Oliver Elders, a very disciplined coach. We played team basketball. He emphasized offense and defense. And I'm saying all that to say when I got to college, I had a pretty good foundation of basketball. Coach Sutton took what I had and he molded it and added to that. A lot of things I did not know about defense. Uh, we spent at least, if we practiced three and a half hours, we spent two and a half hours on defense. You can imagine that just grinding. Yeah, right. And at the time, I thought it was something that didn't make sense. But as we got better as a team, it all came together. And his leadership, not only as a coach on the court, but also off the court, because we had to do things the right way, like attend class, <laughs> pass your classes, and, and that made a huge difference in my success in the NBA. Mm-hmm. No, awesome. And kind of now moving along, kind of you, you, you know, drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, you played your you know, first 10 years of your career there. Um, what did it like to um, achieve your dream of making it to the NBA and, and, and ultimately achieving so much success there? Brad, it was really strange because I, I didn't have a dream of playing in the NBA. I watched the NBA a lot as a kid. But in Little Rock, Arkansas, that was like a distant goal. 
we watch the Celtics play and the Lakers and the Bulls and all these great So it was NBA almost teams. a far-reaching. It, it, it was, was almost... far-reaching. You just said, wow, I really enjoy the ABA and watching these guys play basketball. I didn't process and say, well, one day that's going to be me. I was just balling, having fun, getting better, and things just happen. And I tell young people all the time, it's not, you should have a goal, but it's more about getting better every day than it is like saying that. I'm going to play in the mm-hmm. NBA because if you get better, you'll probably make it to wherever you want to make it to. And if you're passionate about something. If yeah. you're passionate and have some, some talent, you'll be okay. Awesome, yeah. And so kind of keeping along with that, you know, what was your favorite memory uh, in, the, in the first 10 years that you spent with the Bucks? Mm-hmm. College gave me more memories than the NBA. So I guess what was your favorite memory kind of across your whole career? Playing, playing in the playoffs against UCLA in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the pit against UCLA, the powerhouse of basketball. Little skinny kids from Arkansas. People have never heard of a basketball team in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And we're playing against UCLA. You grew up watching Kareem and Marcus Johnson, Dave Myers and Bill Walton, all these great players, John Wooden. And here we are playing against UCLA. In the, in the pit, Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's my most vivid memory, and we went at them really hard. Ended up winning the game by, I don't know, 15 or 20 points that particular uh, night. So that's my most vivid memory uh, in college or the NBA. Okay, great. Um, you had a stretch from 1982 to 86 where you were averaging you know, 21-plus points per game, 5.6 rebounds, and 4.6 assists. You know, what clicked for you during that stretch between 82 to 86? Don Nelson. Okay. He clicked. Don Nelson was a very innovative coach. He could look at a player's skill set, and he could match the skill set with how he could exploit the matchups on other teams. He saw how I played. I was the inside player, and I was – very tenacious on defense, and he put me in a position offensively to be very good. Averaging 21 points without the three-point line being a factor would be like averaging probably 29 to 30 easy, points easy. in today's game. But we also had other capable players. Mm-hmm. We had some great, from Marcus Johnson to Junior Bridgman to Brian Winters to Bob Lanier, you can go on and on. So we had distribution of the basketball. We had very balanced scoring. So, again, I was just balling. I was playing for a good coach who put me in positions to succeed that kept my confidence going. And it's funny, confidence, as you know, Brad, you've seen basketball players that kind of go in slumps and they can't get out. Mm-hmm. And then you've seen guys just oh, like yeah. rocking and rolling and they just in the zone. Just hot. Yeah. I stayed in the zone, and that's one of the – things I respect the most about my game is the consistency until I got hurt, the consistency of which the game was played, not only on offense. Mm-hmm. What makes Michael Jordan the, one of the greatest players of all times? So I, I still like Kareem. I like Kareem and Michael right there. But what makes Michael one of the greatest players of all times? Is it his offense or is it the fact he was nine-time NBA All-Defensive team? And then you ask, how did he get there, you know? Right, but he played both ends. He did every night, and that's what made him such a great player. As it made Kareem, it wasn't about Kareem's points, even though he scored a lot of points. But he blocked shots, he rebounded, he did everything, night in and night out, 
on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you talk a lot about, you know, how you're always having fun and you're not just playing basketball. You know, what would you say to someone that is, you know, just coming into the league or finishing up their senior year that wants to, you know, join the NBA? I would say don't get too caught up in the hype. You have to certainly be on social media to a certain extent. But if you if you allow social social media to dictate how you play the game of basketball or you allow your entourage to dictate how great you are, then you'll probably be left behind. You need to have a clear vision of here's who I am as a basketball player. Here's how I can get better as a basketball player and then go at it and get it done without all the distractions that they have in today's game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when did you finally realize, you know, my career is coming to a close? And, and, you know, what emotions did you go through during that period? In the NBA, you go from, at least I did, I'm not speaking for everyone, you go from being naive and excited to being a very good player, all-star player, to being very good, to being a little disenchanted by everything that happens in the NBA. You kind of become too smart. You go from being a coach to a player. You go from being a coach to a general manager. And that was the beginning of the end for me because now you're no longer focusing, focusing on just playing ball, or just balling, as I say. Now you're trying to focus on everything else that went around you. So when I left the game of basketball, even though I came back and played a year later, I left the game of basketball feeling mentally drained. And so it was time to go. And I went out the right way. Then I came back a year later. Just need a I, was a, I was a rookie again. Mm -hmm. The innocence of playing the game of basketball was back. Of course, my skills were not <laughs> back, but <laughs> you're older. But I was a year. I was a lot older, but at least I enjoyed playing the game of basketball again. So that was still there. That passion was the still passion there. was still there. But it took a year off, really, to say, "Hey, I still feel I can play this game. I still want to play this you game." You needed longer. to step back and really evaluate. I, that's what I had to do, and and the game of basketball is so fragile mm -hmm. because it's one of the very few occupations that as you get older even though you're you get wiser but you rely so much on your body and so much mentally on what's happening inside your head that you can start going backwards and that happens to most happens to every NBA player yeah um, and and how important is it for you as you get older to stay connected to the game and to the NBA it's not really essential. Mm -hmm. I like certainly the retired players to make sure that we still are making an impact outside of basketball, but it's, it's their game. And we have to be careful as older players that we remember that because players before us gave us the opportunity, even though they didn't agree with some of the things we did, but they gave us opportunities to say, hey, this is your, it's your ball now. Mm -hmm. Play it like you wish. If you want to do social media, do social media. If you want to do A, B, C, D, do your thing because it's your time. I just want the purity of the game to remain intact. That's, the only, that's my biggest concern. So to be connected, it's good to be connected on some level. Love that. Um, so kind of wrapping up here in my last question, what is, uh, what's next for Sidney Moncrief? You know, um, you know, what, what are you up to right now, and what are, you, what are you looking forward to in the future? I am a coach. We have a professional development company, and we develop people. The exciting thing I do now is impacting people. We do everything from leadership to team enhancement for corporations and schools. Right now we're doing a lot with my nonprofit with our college and career readiness soft skills where we go in and we do forums for students 
high school, college students, and talk to them about the development and awareness of and importance of having good soft skills as you move forward in your career. As you can tell, I'm passionate about that, as passionate about what I just said in basketball. So that's that's a chapter of my life. I have a lot of good things coming mm-hmm. in my life, and most of it, all of it, involves impacting people. The All Access Legends podcast is brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. 